You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and remote workers, and the only one of its kind in existence. We are the unicorn in the podcasting world. Catherine Taggy De Hoyos is my heart sister. Biz partner kicks my butt daily, is a brilliant writer, editor, and marketer, a brand queen. And you might not know this, but she is the mother of four girls, including twins under a year. I don't know how she managed that trick. Her mission in life is to love people into empowerment and share the stories we all have in us. Please give the biggest welcome to Catherine Taggy De Hoyos. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, <Catherine>. I'm here. <laughs> oh my God. You're making me blush. Oh, well, just make sure you don't make any noise when you drink anything and I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. But we have wanted to do this show for a very long time since the very beginning, since the very first episode. And I think when the show launched, it was December 2017. I feel like you were pregnant. I was pregnant. I was yeah. so pregnant. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like that was, oh, it's all such a blur for me. But yeah, that was, and it was the twin pregnancy. So I was so sick all the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's right. You had morning sickness for all day long and for like what, eight months about or something? Yeah. Up until they were born. So like, yeah, seven and a half months. Oh. What a joyful, <laughs> radiant glow from that pregnancy. <laughs> but I'm so glad you're here. What people don't know is since the time this podcast aired from November 2017 to now, is that we're back in business together, which is pretty damn cool, if you ask me. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. So we've been having a really good time, and today we're going to talk about what a lot of people probably are curious about, which is trying to get the handle on what it's like to work with a chronically ill person, because there are corporations and people and entrepreneurs and startups and everything else that may feel somewhat hesitant to work with a chronically ill or disabled person. They may think that, okay, well, you know what? My life is going to be full of doctor's appointments or deadlines aren't going to be met or I'm going to be attending this ongoing pity party. And you are fearless and just jumped right back into the water with me. And you talk about that like adapt or die. And what do you mean by that? So, and this was something that became very clear to me during the twin pregnancy because it was so difficult and you were someone that I leaned on very heavily during that. Um, obviously it wasn't a chronic illness, but I went from being healthy and very active with my two older daughters um, to suddenly not being able to 
get off the couch for days at a time. And, you know, I couldn't walk up and down the stairs by myself. And that was so difficult. And one of the things that you taught me during that is like, you have to be able to adapt to whatever it is that your body needs at the time, whatever it is that you're your heart needs at the time, your mind needs at the time. Like if you just can't get off the couch, it's not, well, then don't get off the couch. It's figure out what you can do from the couch, you know? Yes. Yes, exactly. The couch becomes part of you or the bed becomes part of you, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. And it doesn't have to be something where, well, this is the only thing that I can do. And so I, looking at it from like a scarcity mindset, like this is the a limiting mindset. This is the only thing I can do instead of look at all these things I can do if I adapt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another uh, really good example of that for me here recently was when we were supposed to meet in Dallas and mm-hmm. you got really sick and you couldn't come and we had to figure out how to work around that. You know, we had to figure out together as partners and as sisters, what does this look like if we have an event that we're attending for our business and you aren't able to be there? You know, and it means I had to very quickly get a handle on some social anxiety and learn to pivot because you weren't going to be there for me to hide behind. I had to adapt to this new situation. And as sad as that made me and as scary as it was, I heard your voice the whole time in my head. You have to learn how to do this. This is what this means. If you're going to partner with someone who's chronically ill, sometimes you're going to have to make yourself uncomfortable or accept something that's uncomfortable so that you can be the partner that they need you to be. Absolutely. And we have a running plan B all the time. So it's like, okay, this is what the A is going to be, and we're going to do this, 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 and this. And then it's like, okay, but if this happens, then this is our plan B, and we know that's okay. That's why it's so – and we had uh, two other people on before. We had Fred Sace and Adam Johnson on. And they run a business together and they are both chronically ill and they help each other and they lean on each other. And it was just amazing to hear them talk about what is needed. If you are a chronically ill person or you have some sort of disability that is, I don't want to say the L word, I never want to say that, but that makes you need to adapt your life and the rules of your life, then it's a great idea to work on your trust and bring someone in that you know you have permission to get sick. Barring the podcast, there's not anything that I do. Well, you could probably do the podcast too, right? Just jump right (laughs) in and here we go. (laughs) But barring the podcast, there's nothing that I do that you can't jump in and finish or finish the conversation or take over the conversation or start the conversation or whatever the case is, it's a really good idea to partner with somebody that you trust if you are dealing with some health challenges. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's also important 
to remember just because like from my perspective, just because I'm working with someone who's chronically ill that I'm always going to have to come in and finish the project because the flip side of that is you understand better than most when I have a day where I just have to deal with the girls or, you know, um, there was some postpartum depression and anxiety stuff that I was dealing with. And so being able to come to you and knowing that it wasn't a place of judgment, you know what I mean? And saying, can you finish this? Can you talk to this person? I just can't manage this right now. And you stepped in for me because I mean, let's be real. Chronically ill doesn't mean that you're laying laid out in bed 24 seven. You have really good days. You have a lot of really good days where you accomplish a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff, you know, so it's not a lopsided partnership by any stretch of the imagination. That is good. That is the answer I was trying to get to today. So I'm glad that you brought me (laughs) to We can confirm this. That is good. No, it's good. And we you talked about breaking the rules, too. I think a lot of people are afraid to break the rules in business, and they feel like, well, it has to be done a certain way. Um, and if I don't do it a certain way, then I'm not a viable business, or I'm not a real business, or I, I'm not a force to be reckoned with. And we're learning Especially because, and I love to cite this statistic because it's important, and this is a 2014 statistic too, so you know that it's trending upwards, but the statistic is that the CDC states that half of Americans are chronically ill. If we're trending upward, we are not the minority anymore. We are becoming the majority based on disease, environment, genetics, whatever the case may be, whether we're talking about cancer or lupus or MS or rheumatoid arthritis, whatever the case is, we're not even including disabilities yet. We haven't even brought that into the fray. We haven't talked about accidents that paralyze and things of that nature. And when you put it all together, we are trending upward to become the majority, which means rules need to be broken. Oh, absolutely. And if you think about it, if you add um, mental illness, mental health issues to that list, Mm -hmm. depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. are both on the rise. Um, You know, we live in a really fast paced, really high stress world. Um, And so absolutely, it's we're talking the majority and not the minority. And at that point, it's not even that rules need to be broken. It's that rules need to be completely taken off the table, you know? And so you just write your, is this what traditional hustlers do not understand? Sometimes I get so annoyed with people lording their health over me. No, I'm kidding. You're on a roll today. (laughs) (laughs) But, But I feel like they don't understand. And sometimes I feel like those traditional hustlers do some damage. Because they talk about, you have to do it this way. And this, you know, you have to you have to get up at 5 a.m. And you have to grind all day long. And you have to structure your day this way. And you, you need this type of motivation. And you need to feed your brain this. And to a degree, those elements are, I guess we'll say they're relevant. Except for the 5 a.m. thing, because that bites. But 
The point is that you can make the rules yourself and you can hustle when you need to. I can't hustle at 5 a.m. Why? Because I'm flaring them. I, I'm not done sleeping. My body's like, oh, hello, inflammation. You're not done yet. So I can't do that. But it doesn't mean I can't start to hustle at 9 a.m. and that I can't work a little in the evening. So you can make up when is the time that I need to work. Some people follow the circadian rhythm. I'm saying that wrong. Circadian rhythm. And that works for them. So it's just finding out what works for you and honoring that in a place of no self judgment. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's about no self judgment. And this goes back to, you know, being adaptable. And that is, you have to do what works for you. And what works for you may not work for the next person. And, you know, there are a million articles out there saying exactly what you said, get up at 5am, 20 minutes on this 10 minutes on this, get the timer on your computer and, you know, all this super focused and, you know, even not being chronically ill, I have four children, two of them who happen to be under a year old. I would love to be able to sit down and say, I'm going to take two hours of focused time and break it into 20 minute sections and do this for 20 minutes and accomplish a hundred things. But there are some days where shooting off a couple emails and making sure all of the content that needs to go on social media goes up is a huge accomplishment. And that needs to be okay. One million percent. Yep. One million percent. And we don't need to give permission to anybody else but ourselves. We don't need to say, well, I can't keep up with this person. So then it feels like I'm doing it wrong. There's no way of doing it wrong. And a lot of people don't even get started because they get so discouraged. Well, I can't do that. I, I can't possibly do that. This is the time to break the rules. There is no better time to work for yourself either or to work in a remote capacity with uh, the ability to be at home and the ability to take care of specific health concerns and things of that nature. And this leads us into our next topic of conversation, which is saying no. And we come from a place where it can be uncomfortable to say no because we feel like, oh, if we say no, gosh, this opportunity is going to go away. I'm never going to get it again. But we have been saying have. no lately, haven't we? We have. And that's scary, you know, and it, it goes against mm -hmm. our nature, both as women and as entrepreneurs, you know, um, there's this belief in the entrepreneurial space that you just say yes, 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 yes. And you learn as you go. And I don't want to call it hoarding clients, but you know, you're always looking for the next mark. Right. And I think that, yeah. And not, I think that we lose track of and lose sight of the fact that once you bring these people in the door, you still have to, do the work for them. You know what I mean? And you can say no. And like you said, you yeah. may be turning down an opportunity, but that's not the last opportunity that's ever going to come in your door. If you're doing your business right, 
and you have the structure in place to continue bringing in clients, there will always be another opportunity. And working on your faith and your trust in yourself is a daily exercise. It is a daily mindset exercise that you have to engage in because it is so easy to fall back into those patterns of, oh, here comes the job. Okay, well, I better, I better say yes to it and I better capitalize on it and I better focus on that. I better focus on the next, the next, the next. And you know, saying no has saved us $5,000 this year because we have said no to the wrong clients. And that is what a lot of people don't understand is that maybe you're saying yes to the, to the job, but you're also saying yes to the wrong clients. As a chronically ill person or as a person with a disability, and ask yourself this, this question which is, um, you already know the answer to it. You, do you have the energy? Do you have the time? Do you have the resources to waste on the wrong client? Or are you going to be setting yourself back even further by doing well, that? The answer to that always needs to be no, whether you're chronically ill or not. Yeah. True. That's very true. It's more critical, I think, when you're chronically ill or you have a disability because you have such a finite source of energy. And it's like the spoon theory, you have like 25 spoons a day and you use three to shower and two to brush your teeth and two to eat and whatever. And by the end of the day, you have to pick, am I going to do the dishes tonight or am I going to sweep the floor? Because I'm not yeah, doing both. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I... Mm -hmm. So... So your situation is similar to other people. And I don't know that another person would be able to understand and be able to... I don't want to say commiserate. I said that word twice not feeling it. this week. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not loving it. No, not feeling it. But it's you can relate. You can relate to other people. And it, it feels like you were kind of given an awakening in a way through having twins because all oh, of the yeah. control was taken um, away from you. I mean, I can remember calling you and just sobbing like, I, I can't do this. And I had a light at the end of the tunnel. Like I knew I was going to be done. And yeah. I had always, you know, understood on some level when I would talk to, you know, friends and family who had chronic illnesses, chronic pain, um, things like fibromyalgia. And it was always something that like, I felt very, not, I don't want to say bad, but I felt for them. But I did not understand it until this last pregnancy, and it and it was overnight. It wasn't something that like it crept up on me like overnight. Mm -hmm. I went from being able to eat to not being able to eat. I went from being able to move my body and use my body. I mean, by the time they were born, both of my hips were dislocated. 
I couldn't go up and down the stairs by myself. I couldn't crawl into our bed by myself. You know, it was, I wasn't allowed to drive. Mm. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere by myself. I wasn't allowed to shower and all of those things Well, there was an end for them, it gave me an insight into what people who are suddenly struck with a chronic illness or an autoimmune disease or who have lived with something their entire lives that they just literally have no control over. And it really did open my eyes and give me an insight into what people who have chronic illness deal with because it was every day. It wasn't like, Oh, I was sick for a day or two. This was a solid seven and a half months. It's a long time. (laughs) That was crazy. I forgot you dislocated your hips. That's right. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, well, okay. Are you going to army? DJ would basically like put me on the couch in the morning and I would like waddle around the downstairs if I absolutely (laughs) needed something. And then he would help me get upstairs for bed at night. And that was it. That was my existence. And I like, (sighs) you know, and like I said, it went away. I had the babies and it went away. That's That's not something that chronic chronic people who have chronic illness get to ever have. And so I recognized that too. Like I was given this insight. I was given this opportunity, but then I was given my body back. And so it's in a way I feel like it's, almost my responsibility to help people who are able-bodied to understand what that was really like. Mm-hmm. And you don't really, this is what I've seen is that un- until it affects you, it doesn't be, it doesn't become something that's like, even in your radar, I read uh, an article this week about it was a husband and wife, the wife or the husband rather had been paralyzed. I think, for maybe 10 years or something like that. And they have a baby. And, um, and so he seems to be a paraplegic and they're going shopping, just going to go to pay less shoe source or whatever. And they're going down this sidewalk and it is cluttered with carts and there's nothing that he can, there's like 10 carts and they're all kind of jammed together and there's nothing he can do. And the wife takes a picture of the baby in the stroller, her husband in the wheelchair, and is like, this is what we're talking about, like why you have to put your carts back. This is what it means. And people were trolling them. And they were saying, you know, you set up all these carts yourself. And, And she was like, hello, why would I take all this time to strategically arrange these 10 jammed up carts that's that's ridiculous. She went so far as to provide a map of where they had parked, why there wasn't um, handicapped parking accessible, etc. And just making the point that nobody is supporting this, or the people that were chiming in were the ones that had the experience. Yes, I'm a person who parks in a designated spot. Yes, I'm a person who has this particular health issue, etc. Other people were like, why don't you just get up and move the carts? Or why didn't you just go down the parking lot area, like on the asphalt? Well, that's not very safe for her husband because people have a hard time when they're driving seeing him because he's in a wheelchair. 
So it's crazy, but you have been given a little bit of an insight. I think your situation was pretty drastic, though. I mean, I'm not... I know you say you got your body back, but that was frightening. As somebody who's looking in on the outside, as your sister, I was like, please do not dislocate your hips today. Because what... Are we going to put you in a Johnny jump up? Like, what is... <laughs> what are I we going to do with you? I do remember that. We were like, do we need, I mean, like, you, do you know? have a Johnny jump up? Because like, I needed some sort of traction, basically. Um, and you're right in a lot of ways. Yes, like, you did. I mean, obviously having twins changes your body. And I'm not talking just like physically the way it looks. I get so tired of people always focusing on the looks. Like... I had a, an emergency C-section. Things are different. Things are going to be different. Um, but it, mm-hmm. I still yeah. feel like I still got it back to the degree that, like, I don't dislocate my hips anymore. Like, that become my reality. It became my normal for yeah. a little over half a year. But it wasn't the rest of my life. But what I found is when I talk to people who are not chronically ill, don't have disabilities and have a hard time understanding is if I talk to them about my pregnancy, like they can understand that. And that takes them a step closer to understanding chronic illness. Because then when I end the conversation, I say, no, imagine that was the rest of my life. And they're like, Oh, and I'm like, you know, it's it's almost like an in-between for them. yeah. Yeah, you went to purgatory. You went. That's where you. That's where you went. In case anybody was wondering, you went to pregnancy <laughs> purgatory. <laughs> but you know, I think that we all have things that we need in business, and regardless, like you had said earlier, regardless of your health status, if you have a mental illness or anything along those lines, if you have a disability, we all have basic human needs as business people who are trying to run our business. And right now, it seems like what everybody has in common is they are working themselves to the glory of busyness, working themselves to death. And if we sat back and tried to make it quantifiable and said, okay, I worked 20 hours this week. What did I accomplish? If you really sit down and say, what did I accomplish? How many hours was I on social media? How many hours was I in email? How many hours did I move a project forward? Did I resolve something? Did I close a deal? I think we are glorifying busyness and we are also, we're also glorifying the hustle way too hard. And so all of us have something to learn from listening to our body. Like 2019 is the year of customizing your self-care, listening to your body and saying, my body comes first. Like, you know, we have somebody who volunteers to do the sick biz buzz blogs. So she had a couple of tough days And the first thing is not, oh, man, no, we're not going to get this in. Of course, we're going to get it in. But we're not talking about brain surgery here. Nobody's going to die. We're on our own timetable. The first thing is that she has to be healthy. She has to take care of herself. And 
we are given the permission to do that as chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs, but wellies, as they call them, are not given you that You know, permission. that's a really good question. And how do we change And that? I think it takes things like this podcast, and it takes things like the articles that you write for SickBiz and on Jay Hill and that you've written for the Huffington Post and all of those other entrepreneur and the Goodman Project, all those other large publications is talking about this in a way that is relatable both to the chronically ill, the disabled and wellies. And why do we have shame, though? You what know, is, what is I, so shameful about being a human I have being? no idea what the answer is, though. I think, I think we feel like we don't deserve abundance if we haven't killed ourselves to get it. Yeah? Yeah, that's true. So we have a lot of guilt that's surrounding that, or maybe some shame... We haven't earned it, so we shouldn't have it. Or somebody else should have it because they seem to work harder. And if you're a person who is just naturally kind of self-deprecating, I think that's really true, too, because you're not consistently building yourself up. So when yourself self oh, absolutely, toxic, absolutely. you're not going to think do, you deserve anything. You know, we have this culture here in America, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And if you work hard, you will succeed and you will be successful and you'll have all the money in the world and all of those kinds of things. And if we see someone next to us who we think is working harder than we are, we think they're going to get all the good things and I'm not, you know, that's why it's so important really to stay in your lane, to keep your eyes on your lane you know, and, and that's a sort of cliche and everybody says that now, but it, it really is that. Don't worry about what this person over here is doing. Okay, they get up at 4.30 every day and they listen to motivational podcasts and they meditate and they go to the gym and they only eat wheatgrass, whatever it is, that's, that works for them. But that doesn't have to work for you and it's okay if it doesn't work for you. It doesn't mean you're not successful, and it doesn't mean that you don't deserve abundance. There's a big swing coming with the self-care customization where I think people are going to start standing up a little bit more. The more and more that we work in sickbiz, the more that I meet people who are just showing up they're going to work for themselves. They're sick. They're not well. They are trying to find the balance. So I think we're going to see the door swing. And I think that's going to be an exciting change this year. What oh, are you most excited so about? So many this things. Year? But most excited, I'm most ex oh, I can't even pick one thing, quite honestly. Um, it feels amazing to have come out of a really difficult place. Um, and it's one of those things where the further away you get from it, the more you're like, Oh wow, that was a really dark place. <laughs> you know, um, I finally feel like my body is bouncing back to one degree or another. 
Um, you know, the babies are almost 10 months old, so they're not those tiny newborns that are just in need 24 seven. Like they can go in the play yard in the living room for a little bit and I don't have to be right on top of them. Um, we're working together again. We're building this amazing thing. Like I, like I can't even, I get the biggest cheesiness grin on my face when I, <laughs> when I talk about it, like, and it, and it feels, you know, I have a hard time like shining the spotlight on all of the good things, but we do really amazing work together. And that feels really conceited, but it's true. And our mission is so aligned and that's a really beautiful feeling to have someone to work with, whether chronically ill or not, whose mission and whose vision and whose business ethics and morals just so closely align to yours. It's almost like finding a piece to the puzzle. You know, it's exactly like finding a piece to a puzzle. That's exactly what it feels like. It's like, okay, I was trying to do this, trying to do this, trying to do this, and it just something was missing or I was rushing to catch up all the time. Um, and I don't know, I, you give me permission to be just me, myself, in all my ways of like, I can screw up, I can have a good day, I can have a bad day, I can have a sick day, I can have a relatively well-feeling day. It doesn't matter. Like I, however I show up, you accept it. And that is why I just want everybody to find their Catherine. I mean, it's, (laughs) find your Catherine. (laughs) I don't, I don't care what you have to do. Put out an ad, you know, like Facebook marketplace, you know, Craigslist is a a little sketchy. I'd be careful of that one. We've had, you know, had some killers on there. We don't want to do that. But find your Catherine, especially if you are dealing with chronic illness or disability, because you're building trust. And together, it's interesting because we've both come down this road of being very self-aware and working on our interpersonal BS, right? So... This is all, to me, this is like an extension of building that. It's an extension of trust. Like, I couldn't have a successful marriage without working on that, without my husband and I working on that. We we had to do that. But I don't know that I could do this with you. Oh, absolutely. Without well, having and it, work It's sort on of one marriage. of those things where when you do the work on yourself, to heal and to become more self-aware and to evolve or what, whatever you want to call it. But you do that work to move yourself further down the path. Everything comes more easily. You know, we've talked before about the fact that we could not have done this several years ago. We tried to do this together several years ago. And that's a whole other podcast that we will have to do. Well, thank you for being on the show, Han Bun. Thank you for having me. This was not as terrifying as I thought it was going to be. Although, oh, I need a drink of yeah. water. <laughs> you go ahead and take your drink of water. And I'm going to, you all know how to get in touch with Catherine. Just hit her up on sickbiz.com or jhillmark.com. 
And that does it for today's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Before you tune out, please check out our Facebook page where you can get the lowdown on living wage jobs that Catherine shares every single day. The Sick Biz, what is it called? The daily Sick Biz Job of the Day? So you can find the support you've been seeking, whether you're working for yourself, trying to maintain the balance between sickness and business, or just getting established with your own company. SickBiz is a nonprofit that was built just for you. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Until next time, be well. <laughs>